Hello, and welcome to a Waypoint Church podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to it. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 8 to 11. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, Bev. Sounds like we should have ended with that, doesn't it? Sort of the grace as you would, you would end. So, yeah, um, I'm Claire, um, as you've probably worked out already, and I'm one of the leaders here, and it is a real privilege to have this opportunity this morning just to share with you. Um, and I'm going to be sharing something that's really inspired and challenged me in my current um, MA module. If you don't know, I'm in the second year of doing a master's degree in missional leadership. Um, it's challenging, it's stretching, it's inspiring, it's life-changing, um, Um, And yeah, it's just great to have this opportunity to share something of what God's been teaching me that I just feel um, is what he wants me to bring to you this morning. So I'm going to start by talking about the Queen, our late Queen. Just a few months ago, following her death, the real depth and strength of her faith was really highlighted, both privately from a child she grew up reading her Bible. We know that she would attend church services whenever she had the opportunity. Um, And I was really moved, probably in the week after um, she passed away, to hear on the radio of how a really well-read, well-used Bible had been found by her bedside. So for the Queen, her faith was so important to her. But it wasn't just privately. Publicly, she would regularly speak of how Jesus' teaching shaped her how his example inspired her, and how his power enabled her to do what God had called her to do. And it was, um, I mean, the queen, massive, massive, massive role. But she knew that God had called her and gave her all that she need. But the thing about the queen was, she didn't just talk it, she practiced it, didn't she? She lived it, she lived it daily. And the Archbishop of Canterbury, Justin Welby, in his funeral address at Westminster Abbey, but that was broadcast, they think possibly five billion people watched that funeral. He just really highlighted um, the Queen's um, faith and the foundation of her faith. And he started his address by saying, the pattern for many leaders is to be exalted in life and forgotten after death. But the pattern for all who serve God, famous or obscure, respected or ignored, is that death is the door to glory. And wasn't our queen, she's just such a contrast. There's so much focus on leaders around the world at the moment. Um, But the queen, she just was so different, wasn't she? And we know why. Um, And that's what we're going to think a little bit about this morning. So the queen, she lived her whole life serving others. Some of you will remember her 21st birthday in 1947, when in a broadcast, she declared that her whole life would be dedicated to serving the nation and Commonwealth. 74 years later, in February this year, at the start of her Platinum Jubilee, 
she then said, I look forward to continuing to serve you with all my heart. And you may remember that at that time she said, however, for however long or short that would be. And the Archbishop of Canterbury, in that address at her funeral, he referred to that promise that she'd made, that declaration that she'd made in 1947, and said, rarely has such a promise been so well kept and so publicly. And he continued by stating that her service to so many people in this nation, the Commonwealth and the world, had its foundation in her following of Christ, God himself, who said that he came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So the queen's faith, the foundation of her life, the foundation of all she did, was reflected in all her Christmas messages, which she writes herself. And she would speak directly in those of her personal faith. Did you notice over the years how that came through stronger and stronger each year, more and more? She talked about how Jesus was her bedrock and anchor, her inspiration and example. And in 51 of her, mes- her Christmas messages, she talked of the importance of loving our neighbors and serving others. I've just picked two out. In 1980, she gave the challenge, we need to go out and look for opportunities to help others, even if that service demands sacrifice. And then in 2016, She said, Christ's example helps me see the value of doing small things with great love. So Jesus was so evidently our late queen's example, and he is our example too. Jesus' entire purpose was to serve mankind. In Luke 22, he told his disciples who were arguing about who was the greatest, he said to them, I am among you, as the one who serves. And we only have to look through the Gospels to see how Jesus spent his whole life serving. He taught by serving, he led by serving, and he loved by serving. And we see Jesus serving people by feeding them, visiting them in their homes, spending time with those that nobody else cared about or would spend time with, talking and listening to individuals, preaching and teaching, healing and delivering, comforting, and then probably the most well-known one, when he washed his disciples' feet, when through that really menial, lowly, dirty task, he gave his disciples an example that they were to follow. He surprised them by doing that. And this was when he said, I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. And then his ultimate act of service in his death on the cross. So Jesus served people in such a way that when they encountered him, that they were changed, their lives were changed. He set people free by healing, delivering, teaching. He poured his life into people. He gave himself for them. Everybody he met, from the single one person up to the crowds of thousands and thousands. Whenever Jesus saw a need, he didn't walk away. He would meet that need. So agape love is a love which sacrifices for the benefit of others. 
Agape love is a catalyst for service. It's not a feeling. It's a motivation for action, but it's also a choice. Agape love values others. We see that in Jesus, how he just put authentic value on people. He affirmed them. He built them up. And so as Jesus set that example for his disciples, he sets the example for us today, the example of loving and serving people. And just as he called his disciples back then to follow his example, he calls us, his his disciples, his followers today to do the same, to follow that example. And as we then do that, we set an example for others to follow too. Our strapline here at Waypoint is learning to live and love like Jesus. And as Jesus' followers, we are on that journey of learning to live love, serve, and act as we saw Jesus. So the word servant is the translation of the Greek word doulos, which more literally means a slave or a bond servant, someone who sets aside their own rights to serve another. And the word doulos is found 124 times in the New Testament alone. Today, we have sort of quite negative connotations, negative thoughts around the word slave, don't we? So that's why we tend to use the word servant instead. And so it's helpful to understand how a servant is different to a slave. A servant is more associated with what he does, the acts, the work that he does, whereas a slave is associated with the one who owns him. A servant has a certain degree of choice in what he does, who he does it for, when he does it. But a slave forfeits all rights of his own. He exists for only one thing, to serve his master, to do the will of his master, and in everything to please his master. Jesus knew who his master was, didn't he? He he knew who he was serving. And he said in John 6, I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And again, with the negative connotations that we have today about slave and master relationships, that can be quite hard for us to get our heads around. But as a follower of Jesus, we have the best master we could ever have. Jesus only has our good in mind. His will is perfect for us. And when we submit to his will, we do that because we love him and because we are secure in his love for us. Throughout all four Gospels, Jesus doesn't just, we don't just see Jesus teaching and practically living out and all that of servanthood. He actually sets out the characteristics of true servanthood. And the importance of serving, the importance of being a servant, continues through the letters that were written to the early churches as well. So Jesus teaches, he teaches a lot about being a servant, and I'm just going to pick up on two things. He teaches that real servants don't seek, the, don't seek service for themselves. Servants don't seek status. They display humility. 
And humility is at the heart of service. We see that in Jesus, who, um, as was written in the letter to the Philippians, Jesus made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself. So another a perfect example in Jesus. So humility recognizes that we are not here to be served. We are here to serve others. And as in that discussion that Jesus had with his disciples that I hinted at earlier, greatness in the kingdom of God doesn't come from a high position of leadership or authority. Greatness in God's eyes, in God's kingdom, comes through that humble service of others. Humility considers others as greater than ourselves. Philippians is a great letter, um, great book, where it just talks a lot about this um, servanthood. But Paul wrote, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. And then I just, I just love this, this final thought around um, humility. It's been said that a humble person doesn't think less of themselves. They just think of themselves less. So when we're humble, we don't think less of ourselves. We just think of ourselves less. So the first mark of being a servant that Jesus teaches and um, demonstrates is humility. The second one is this idea of for others. Placing others first is a characteristic of being a servant. Being there for others is actually how Jesus came to us and how we know him. So to be a servant, we need to genuinely care for other people. We need to be there for people. We need to think about the needs of others and put those needs before our own. Servants keep their eyes, hearts, and diaries, calendars, schedules, whatever you want to call it, open. Jesus wasn't stressed by time. He didn't get hung up by what others thought about him or by what was on the list of things that he planned to do that day. Jesus was totally, completely led by God's spirit, and he followed God's promptings to serve, love, and help others at every possible opportunity. No task was beneath Jesus, and no person was too unworthy for Jesus to serve them. We've been thinking a lot about discipleship and how, as we learn to live and love like Jesus, we can grow as disciples. And discipleship is about service. We are called as disciples, as followers of Jesus, to serve one another and to serve those in the world around us. The reading that Bev just read for us came from um, Peter's first letter. And the subsection it comes from is actually subtitled, Living for God. So in that first um, verse, chapter four, verse eight, Peter urged his readers above all. So to make showing Jesus's love to others our top priority. He then moves on to say that offering hospitality involves sacrifice. He recognized that for those early Christians, they didn't have much for themselves, let alone enough to share with others. And inviting people into their homes would have been dangerous and a risky thing to do. But Peter's encouraging them to embrace that opportunity, that way of serving, even though it would involve sacrifice and risk. 
And then in verse 10, Peter reminds them that everything they have has been given them to by God, has been given to them by God. And so it's, we are using what God has given to us to serve others with. And then in that final verse, verse 11, Peter moves on to encourage the early Christians, to encourage us that when we speak, we do it as if we're God's spokesperson. And that when we serve, we do it as a demonstration of God's love for others. But he reminds us that we're not doing that on our own. God has promised to be with us. But as Peter there in that that verse says, he reminds them that they don't speak or serve or act or do anything in their own strength. They do it in God's strength. And that they're doing it, that when we serve others, we're doing it, we're not doing it to bring glory to to ourselves. That's not humility. We are doing it to bring glory to God. And that's what we saw in the Queen, didn't we? And that's what came out in her funeral service, which Justin Welby um, highlighted and picked up on. So serving. Serving opens doors. When we serve others in practical ways, we open the doors of opportunity. We open the doors of opportunity to make a difference. Even really small things can make a difference to somebody's day or to someone's life. We may never know what a difference what what that small thing we did makes, but it always makes a difference. So it could be something as simple as holding a door open for somebody. It could be giving blood. We're a blood donating um, venue here, and it's just great to see the place full of people coming and serving others by giving blood. I was in Lidl the other Saturday and um, I had a full small trolley and I was in the queue and I noticed the lady behind me only had two things in her hands. So I just invited her to go in front of me. She was dashing off um, to pick a child up. So she was really, really pleased. I didn't know that when I offered it. Um, so that was just a simple thing there. And my neighbours and I, we, um, this sounds grander than it is, but we live down like a private drive. Um, and when one of us isn't around, we ask the other to um, bring the wheelie bin in. But I've started now, whenever I get home first, as one, I have my wheelie bin in one hand and their wheelie bin in um, the other hand and wheel that in. So it's just finding those really little things things that can open the door of opportunity to making a difference in somebody's life. But there's also another side to serving open doors of opportunities. It also opens the doors of opportunities to share the good news of Jesus. Is Jenny Davies here? Last week, Jenny shared an amazing story of her friends in Dubai, of how just through offering or giving somebody a bottle of water, going the next step of asking that person how they were, then inviting them into their home, that lady noticed something different in those friends. And as a result of that, she's now reading the Bible with them. She's on a journey to faith because of that simple act of service in giving a bottle of water. We have some ministries here where we are just serving people in practical ways. Our cafe, those on the cafe team, they, they, serve, they serve amazing teas and coffees and cakes and soups and all sorts of things. If you haven't tried it, come and try the cafe. It really is worth it. But the cafe team, through that practical act of serving drinks, of just providing a welcoming space, they're having the opportunities to get to know people, to chat to them, to share their faith with them, 
and to pray with them. We're also seeing it in the hub as well. Um, just last week, we had um, a lady come in in real distress. Um, something had happened that had caused a real financial crisis, and she was dreading having to go home to tell her husband what had happened. We were able to meet that um, we were able to help in a really small, practical way, and, and that made a difference. So that lady went home. She cried the whole way home. She was thinking she was going to have to tell the husband that this really awful thing had happened, but instead, she was able to tell her husband um, what we'd been able to do. She came back, and on Tuesday, she caught me in the car park, and she said, Claire, she said, my, me and my husband, we just can't believe that you did that small thing for us. Nobody has ever done anything like that for us before. She said, we're not worth it. And that gave me the opportunity, stood out in the car park, the wind was, it was Tuesday when the wind was howling, and um, just to be able to talk to her to, as to how she, we value her, she was worth helping but also to be able to start to tell her that it's not just us that value her, that God values her, that she has a worth um, in God's eyes as well. And I'm really looking forward to being able to continue to journey with that lady and chat to her. But they just came out of really simple, practical, small acts of service. So what about us? It's all very well sitting here listening, um, looking at the example of the Queen, um, looking at Jesus' example. What about us? Are we ready to follow Jesus' example of serving others? Serving isn't easy. I was chatting to Jim earlier in the week, and actually serving those we know and love can actually be harder than serving those that are strangers. Um, I haven't got Jim's permission to say this, but Hayes gone, so I'm going to do it. He was saying that um, at home, um, like with um, making his kids a drink, it's almost like, you know, well, they can make their own drink. But actually, he can serve his children by making them a drink. That was just one example we were chatting about. What about in our workplaces, where we've got like hierarchical um, um, leadership structures and things? What about flipping it around? Actually, that's where it's quite hard, isn't it? But then serving those strangers can be easier. It's not easy, but it can be easier. Serving involves sacrificing our time, our possessions, even ourselves. It can be risky. Service can mean stepping, taking a step of faith. But we can take that step of faith knowing and trusting that God is with us, that he's gifted us with what we need and as in that um, passage we had from Peter, that he will strengthen us to do what he is asking us to do. In our postmodern culture, where it's all about me, it's countercultural to think about others, to put others before ourselves. And so that example that Jesus set, set as I've already said, it inspires us, it's an example to us. But then when we do that, that sets an example that is so different to what our culture, our world around us is saying, which is saying, it's all about me. Culture is saying, live and behave for me because I'm the most important one. But when we follow Jesus' example, we're saying the opposite. We're saying, no, I'm not the one that's important. You're the one that's important. 
So if we want to follow Jesus, to follow his example of serving others, I think there's two things that we need to do. And I've got two A's. Um, I've got we need to ask and we need to act. So the first thing we need to do is we need to ask God to um, change our hearts. Our hearts often struggle with that idea of serving others, of putting others first. But if we ask God to change our hearts and then be open to him working in us, stretching us, challenging us, he's going to do it. When we ask him to do it, it may, things may come up in us that maybe we're a little bit unsure about, we don't want to face, but asking God to change our hearts, to give us his heart for other people is always going to be worth it. God has the power to change our hearts. And he can teach us to love and serve others with kindness and compassion. He can help us to see what he sees, to see people through his eyes. A few years ago, um, I went on a mission trip to Greece. I've done a number of mission trips. Um, but on this particular one, I was really challenged about how I was really intentional and would go all out serving, speaking for God when I was out on that mission trip. But once I came back here... I just wasn't like that. I was really unintentional. And um, so I kind of started sort of like thinking around that, chatting to God and praying. And I remember I was walking home through the park um, and I just prayed the words of a song. Um, And the words of the song that I prayed were, open up my eyes to the things unseen. Show me how to love like you have loved me. Break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am for your kingdom's cause. I had no idea when I prayed that prayer what God was going to do, how he was going to work in me. It was quite gradual, it was quite slow, it was quite painful at times, but God started to birth in me a love for people in our community, and he started to open new doors of opportunity, one of which um, has led to, to the hub and the way that we're now serving through the hub in our community. So one of the best ways to find opportunities to serve others is to, it's not just to ask God to change us, it's also to ask God to give us those opportunities. God will definitely answer us when we ask for those opportunities, so we need to be prepared to jump in whenever we get that nudging from the Holy Spirit, to just follow that prompting as Jesus did. And throughout our day, if we feel that nudge to do something, to phone somebody, to give something to somebody, to just do it. To let God interrupt our schedules and our to-do lists. So that's the asking. And then just finally to act. Look for ways to carry out those simple acts of kindness. Even a smile can make a difference to somebody. Today, before you leave, you can grab a tag from our tree and buy a gift for somebody in our community who is struggling this Christmas. Volunteer your time, maybe to a local community group or here in the church. I can't really talk about serving, can I, and not mention our church ministries here. All of our ministries here are in need of more people to get involved. So if, you felt, or if you're feeling a nudge from God to get involved, speak to one of the ministry leaders, ask them, offer your time, and step out to serve in that way. But serving is so much more than serving here at Waypoint. Serving as a disciple, as a follower of Jesus, is a lifestyle. We are called to that lifestyle of service. 
every day, everywhere we go, and with everyone we meet, from those we know and love to the stranger that we will maybe only ever see once. So let's be open to who and where God is asking and calling us to serve. How about at the start of each day, asking God, who do you want me to serve today? And then at the end of the day, asking ourselves, who have I had the opportunity to serve today? What has God done as I've stepped out and serve? The band are going to come up. And I'm just going to give um, a, just a moment of space for us each to take that, that time with God. Just to, just if something's stirred in you, something's challenged you, just have this moment of quiet with, with God. Um, and then I'll pray before we move into some more sung worship. Father God, we just thank you that you have a heart of love and compassion. Thank you that you sent Jesus to this earth to be an example, to teach and live as a servant. Thank you that we have that example to follow. We want to thank you for people like our late queen, who just was such an amazing example of a disciple, as a follower of you, as somebody who just lived her entire life to, in, in, and spent her time serving others. And we just pray that as, as your disciples, as your followers, that we will just have eyes and ears open, that we will be ready for those nudges, those prompts from you, whether they're little things or big things. We want to say, here I am, Lord. I'm ready to serve you, to serve other people. Um, and I just pray that where we, we put barriers up, where maybe there's fears or I can't do it or I haven't got enough to be able to do that, I just pray that we will just surrender, that we will send, surrender those barriers, we will just surrender ourselves to you, that we will just be ready for what it is that you want us to do. You call us each to different places, to different people um, throughout the week, and I just really pray that we will be ready for what it is that you want us to do, that we will be prepared to take that step of faith to say yes to those nudges, and that we will just see so many opportunities to make a difference in people's lives to have those opportunities through those acts of service to then be able to go on and talk about and share you thank you that you don't call us to do this on your own thank you that you give us the strength and the gifts that we need so I just pray that you will just come you'll fill us you'll um just equip us for what it is that you are calling us to do as we go out of this building into the coming week. Amen.